Miss Robin, that was a good one you was playing right there. That was a good one. Good evening, folks. Welcome to North Gainesville Baptist Church. Feels good for me to be back in the United States and back in God's house. I mean, feels good. Let's all take our songbooks, turn to page 542. Page 542, sing the first, second, last verse. Page 542. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take him at his word Just to rest upon his promise Just to know, thus saith the Lord Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him How I proved him o'er and o'er Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus Oh, for grace to trust Him more. Oh, how sweet to trust in Jesus, just to trust His cleansing blood. Just in simple faith to plunge beneath the healing, cleansing flood. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I proved Him trust him more on the last i'm so glad i learned to trust the precious jesus savior friend and i know that thou art with me will be with me to the end jesus jesus how i trust him how i going to this 2024 it's good to know we can trust our lord can't we don't know what's going to happen but we know who's in control god's in control always good to be back from vacation i didn't go out out of the united states stayed in alachua pretty much but good to be back home at church let's pray father we thank you for tonight thank you lord in this new year with so many questions uh so many uh, things that are going on in our in our world with earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars in uh, election year lord we know there's going to be a whole lot of trouble and difficulty and problems uh both out in the public but in and even in our personal lives we know that that the difficulties do come to us but through the good and the bad we know we can trust you you've always been good to us you've always provided for us you've always protected us so we thank you for all that you have done, what you are doing, and what you will do. We trust you. I pray you bless tonight, Father, as we open your word, we sing these hymns, we fellowship with one another, that you would be glorified in everything we say and do. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, just a couple announcements. Tomorrow, tomorrow morning, if you could help us, we, uh, you know, it's that time of year. It's not my favorite time of year right after Christmas because you've got to take the decorations down. How many of you have already taken them down at your house already? You've already taken them down at the house. We've got a couple, more, a couple more days. We decided to take them down Saturday at our house. But uh, tomorrow, if you could help us out from about 10 to 12, uh, we're going to take the decorations here. It usually takes down a lot faster than it is to put up because uh, you don't have to worry about exactly the placement and is it going to fit. And It took us a, a little while to find that. That uh, Christmas card box. We know where it's at. <laughs> Hopefully overnight somebody's not going to take it. But we know where things are and we know where things got to go. So it'll be a, hopefully a lot faster. Hopefully we'll be out of here uh, by 11 o'clock. If you can come by 10 o'clock tomorrow to help us, that will be a blessing. Of course, Sunday morning we'll have our normal morning service with uh, Sunday school in the morning and, and morning worship. And, but in that, that e afternoon, evening, Dr. Bill Rice, uh, the third, he'll be with us. He's been with us, I think, three years. And uh, he's a, a great man, a great preacher. Uh, he's, he, him and his family started the Bill Rice uh, Ranch there in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. 
primarily uh, for, for the deaf. It uh, started out, but then to ministering uh, to youth and to all types of Christians, all, all Christians, uh, for many years. And he'll be preaching for us Sunday night. Uh, next Monday, Lord willing, we'll have our breakfast at 9 a.m. Uh, don't forget Friday the 12th, uh, ladies, 6.30 p.m., you'll have your uh, happy birthday Phoebe Fellowship uh, at 6.30 in the Fellowship Hall. Uh, Saturday the 13th from 10 to 12, we'll have our uh, uh, visitation ministry. And then once a year, we have a, a, a revival service, and this year we're having the Frazier Evangelistic Team. I know Brother Frazier, he served on another evangelistic team uh, many years ago, and now he's out on his own with his family and some other folks that are helping him. And he'll be coming on January the 14th through the 17th. He'll be preaching uh, it'll be Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday uh, at 7 o'clock each night. And so it's going to be a special revival. This team brings some folks with them to help with the, the youth, help with the young folks, uh, to sing, minister, and song. So really uh, a wonderful opportunity uh, to, to be revived, to be challenged. And um, I have a sign-up sheet. If anybody can help with the meals, they just ask if we could feed them uh, primarily for lunch at 1230. If anybody could sign up uh, to help to, uh, help feed about, about 10 folks. Uh, I think one person signed up already on Monday, so we just need three more folks, some more families to help feed them uh, for Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. That would be a great blessing uh, for them and for us. Uh, they also will be doing a special ministry for the teenagers that Thursday called the Cola Wars. So we're inviting other folks, other teenagers, homeschoolers, other teens uh, in the community to come and uh, be a part of that. Also, don't forget the Christmas cards. Uh, we'll be putting that box up. So uh, we'll have the cards for a little while in the office, but I hope you check your cards and uh, get those as soon as possible. Don't also forget to mark your Bible reading. We'll probably give that a, about another week, probably Sunday, and then uh, we got another Bible reading board, and it's all, all, all ready to be put up. And uh, you can sign up, have a Bible reading sheet, uh, and that can be, that can be put up. And uh, we're going to have a time we get together and... Um, have a, a Bible reading party for those who finish their Bible reading. And I uh, want to mention also, don't forget the 2024 tithing envelopes are on the back table. Brother Chuck. All right. Tonight, let's do something different. Turn to page 99, and we're just going to sing all the verses of this thing twice. Is that all right, Mr. Robert? Sing them all twice. Page 99. <clears throat> Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Eyes have seen, ears have heard, it's recorded in God's word. Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? And on the last. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Eyes have seen, ears have heard, it's recorded in God's word. Isn't Jesus my Lord wonderful? Amen. Good singing. Let's, let's visit.
all good things have to come to an end. I've heard. What? Where are you going? Oh. <sighs> these people. These people. Some people. Let's all take a song. Turn to page 71. Page 71. Sing first, second, last verse. Page 71. <laughs> God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me, He died for me, He died for me, He died for me. So good to me on the last. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's coming soon. He's so good to me. Well, God is good, isn't he? He's blessed us so much. We have more than we deserve, and it's a good opportunity to give back. You can never outgive God, so we can be. We get to we get to give back to Him in our tithes and offerings. And I hope you will choose to do that in 2024 and see what a difference it will make in your life if you choose to tithe and give your offering to God. Brother Jimmy, would you pray for our tithes and offerings? Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Robin. If you have your Bibles with you this evening, would you turn to Ezra chapter 7 tonight? Ezra chapter 7 and verse 1. Ezra chapter 7 and verse 1. And Ezra chapter 7 and verse 1. And after these things, in the reign of Xerxes, king of Persia, Ezra, the son of Syria, the son of Arezerah, the son of Hilkah, the son of Shalom, the son of Zadok, the son of Ahitub, the son of Memorai, the son of Ahazariah, the son of Meroth, the son of Zerariah, the son of Uzi, the son of Bukai, the son of Bishu, the son of Phinehas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the chief priest. This Ezra went up from Babylon, and he was a ready scribe in the law of Moses, which the Lord God of Israel had given, and the king granted him all his request, according to hand of the Lord his God upon him. And there went up some of the children of Israel and the priests and Levites and the singers and the porters and the Nephilims and to Jerusalem in the seventh year of Xerxes the king. And he came to Jerusalem in the fifth month, which was the seventh year of the king. For upon the first day of the month began he to go up from Babylon. On the first day of the fifth month came he to Jerusalem according to the good hand of his God upon him. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgments. Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for this new year. Thank you for life. Thank you for opportunity. Thank you for all the privileges of we, that we have in this United States of America to come on this Wednesday night and to preach from your holy 
book and to fellowship and to sing these wonderful hymns of encouragement to give back in tithes and offerings to you. We're just thankful, Lord, for another year, another opportunity to praise you, to glorify you through our lives, through our actions and attitudes. And I just pray tonight as we look into your word once again that you would encourage us, that you would stir our hearts, Lord, as we have this wonderful example of this man of God called the second Moses, Ezra. Oh, God, help us, Lord, to be more like him in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So last time we met, of course, we were in chapter 6 of in Ezra, and that's just naturally one page, or maybe for you it's not even one page as you look back. But between chapter 6 and chapter 7 is actually 58 years. 58 years had passed. As you see this chapter 7, verse 1, now after these things... But Ezra doesn't really go into telling you what these things are. But basically, upon the completion of the temple, Zerubbabel had faded in the background. The city of Jerusalem still lies in ruins. The walls and the gates are still in ruin. The people were farming the land. They were going back and taking care of their homes, taking care of their families. And they got to, you know, going back to just doing the normal thing, taking care of themselves, taking care of their families, farming, uh, and, and taking care of their community the best they could, but they didn't finish what they originally came to do, to complete the temple, to, to build back Jerusalem. And so they, and even, even in their work, uh, they began to compromise with the Gentile uh, people around them. And we're going to talk more about that in, in, uh, in later, later, later chapters. And their, their, their desire, their zeal, their hunger, their thirst to get everything done, to build back Jerusalem was gone. That can happen, can it? Maybe you already started your resolutions and it's day three and you've already, you've already, you've already made a mistake. You haven't done it. <laughs> you said, I'll never do this again on December 31st and this is the third and you've already failed at it. Maybe you said, I'm going to read my Bible through the year and you didn't read it today. <laughs> or you, you said, I was going to almost spend five minutes praying and you didn't pray at all today. It's easy to begin a thing, but to finish it is a different thing, isn't it? It's easy to get excited about a project. It's easy to get excited about a decision, uh, to get challenged, to want to do something. But to actually complete something, that's a total different matter as it is. And that's one of the reasons why I, I, we, we, we did the Bible reading chart, to kind of encourage one another, to challenge one another, to hold one another accountable. It's, it's easy uh, to kind of, you know, to, to lose that, that excitement once you're challenged to do something at the, at, the, at the very beginning. Zerubbabel, of course, had built the temple. Nehemiah would come on along later, and we'll talk about him, and he would build the city. But at this juncture, there needed to be reformation. There needed to be spiritual challenge. And here comes Ezra. Ezra comes in, and he begins to preach and teach. They needed reformation, just like the world needed a Martin Luther back in the 1500s who wrote, who wrote, I made a covenant with God that he send me neither visions nor dreams nor angels. If I can get it. I am satisfied with the gift of the Holy Scriptures would give me an abundant instruction and all that I need to know are both for his life and for that which is to come. What was he basically saying? Well, he was saying what I, the, he's saying. Let's get back to the Bible. When everything goes wrong in your life, typically the reason things are going wrong, spiritually, there's a need to get back into the Word of God. 99% of the time when I start counseling people, and most of my counseling, it was with married couples. I ask them almost every time, what's the problem in your life? And, and invariably, they will say they haven't been reading their Bible. Dear friend, how many of you took a bath the last week? I hope everybody raised your hand. But imagine if you didn't take a bath the last week. Well, before you got into this foyer, we'd all know you didn't take a bath this last week. But dear friend, if you don't take a spiritual bath and cleanse yourself by reading the Word of God, you will be grouchy. You will be, you will be, remember the, remember the, the grouch sesame seed? Sesame Street, Sesame Street, the grouch. 
You'll get you'll be grouchy. You'll be you'll, you'll get you'll be upset. You'll be angry. You, you, somebody will say something, you know, past the toast. What toast? What, what 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 do you want from me? I mean, you, you you'll be all out of shape. That's why it's so important to read the word of God on a regular regular basis because it cleanses you. It helps you. It it guides you. It directs you. So what happened was they, were, they got away from God. They got away from God's word. So if there's anything we need to do is get back to the Bible. Get back to what it says. And I love the similes of the scripture which reveal its power in the life of, of a believer. First, the Bible, because the Bible says in, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. The word of God is like a scalpel, isn't it? You ever begin to read the Word of God and you come along to something and all of a sudden it just, it just cuts you. I mean, it just cuts you like a knife. And you go, oh, oh, man. Oh, that, 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 that was, that was, oh, that, that, that hurt. Well, dear friend, that's exactly what God's trying to do. He's trying to cut out the bad in us. And you know what of us? All of us got bad in our lives, right? We all have hobbies and habits and actions and attitudes that should not be there. And what God does, when, when you read his word, he helps you to, the Holy Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, he helps you to see things that's in the word of God to help you cut out areas in your life that shouldn't, shouldn't be there. He's trying to conform you to the image of Jesus Christ. You know what that is? That's painful. And it's a process called sanctification. But to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he's going to have to, through the word of God and the Holy Spirit of God, cut out some things in your life. And that's a good thing. Secondly, the Bible is like a mirror. The Bible talks about in James chapter 1, verse 22, 22 23. Uh, we got 22 on the above the door and you go out. But verse 23, for if any be not a hearer of the word of God and not a doer, is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. That's where we're supposed to be doers of the word, not hearers only. If you look in the mirror in the morning, tomorrow morning, and you look in there and you got, for those of you who have nice hair, and you have hair all over the place, Hopefully, before you go out that door, you do something with it. I remember the day when I used to do something with it, but that's been a long time ago. <laughs> now I just do like this, it's pretty much done. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> or oh me. <laughs> I'll tell you what, something. But dear friend, the mirror is for us to look at ourselves and say, hey, something's not right here. And that's what the word of God is. You look in the mirror and say, oh, something's not right. What this says and what and my actions and my attitude are different. Now, dear friend, when the Bible says this and we live a certain and we live opposite, who's wrong? The Bible or us? We're wrong. Every time. So you don't need to you don't need to debate it. You don't need to try to figure it out. You don't need to say, well, I'm not sure if I know what it says. No, it's pretty clear what it says most of the time. It's pretty clear. It's not that we don't understand it, we just don't want to do it, right? So it's like a mirror. Thirdly, the Bible is like a bodyguard. It's like a bodyguard. Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of the issues of life. It's a bodyguard for the heart, for the soul, and for the flesh. It's to protect you, to help you. The, one of the purposes of the, of the word of God is to strengthen us, to help us, to guide us, to, to protect us like a bodyguard would. Fourth, the Bible is like a general store. The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3, 17, the man of God may be perfectly furnished unto the all good works. Remember, you, some of you from old towns, and you didn't have a, whole, you didn't have a, a Walmart, a Target, a Kohl's. Uh, uh, <laughs> you didn't have a Publix and a Dollar General. and a Man, I keep going. You, you didn't have all that. All you had was one little store. It was, it was it. That was all you had. You, you go to that, and if you, they had it, they had it. If you didn't, then I guess you go to the Sears Roebuck catalog and try to order it and hopefully it comes someday. Well, that's how, that's how life is a lot of times in life. It's a general store. There's so much there. And, and we, as, we, as we go into the Word of God, it's so rich. I've read the Bible, studied the Bible, read the Bible, studied the Bible, and as I read it again, I see new things. 
I'm challenged every day. And the, and the deeper you go into it, the more you study it, and we're going to talk more about that next week, the more you study it, the more you dig into you, dig into it, the better it is, the greater it is, the more wonderful it is. Number five of the Bible is like a suit of clothes. The Bible says in Titus chapter 2 and verse 10, not prolonging, but showing all good fidelity, they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior in all things. We need to know what the Scripture says, the doctrines of the Scripture. We, know, we didn't know what it says. Because in, 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 in knowing what it says, it says, it protects us. It helps us. And so these are just a few similes of the Scripture. But there are some activities that we find in the Bible. The Bible convicts a person of sin. The Bible says, of course, in, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, piercing even and dividing asunder of soul and spirit, the joints of marrow and discerning the thoughts and tents of the heart. Secondly, the truth of the Scriptures in these pages, regenerates and brings to life a person who's dead in sin. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Thirdly, the Bible nurtures a believer. And we're told in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 2, as a newborn babe desires the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And number four, the, the Bible produces hope. Romans chapter 15, verse 4, For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Dear friend, I promise you, you're not going to have a lot of hope by watching the news recently. You're not going to find, you're not going to find a whole lot of hope, hope on Netflix. <laughs> you're, not, you're, not going to, you're not going to find a whole lot of hope in the, in the movie theaters. You're not going to find a whole lot of hope in a lot of places. But I tell you what, if you need hope today, here's where you find hope. Because we know we've, read the end, we've been in the beginning to the end, and it ends well. And we know who's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and that's Jesus Christ. We know who he is, and we know he's got a plan for our lives. We know what the Bible says. So there's hope in the Word of God. That's why we need to stick to it and, 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 and trust in it. David wrote in Psalm 119, 49, Remember the word of thy servant upon which thou hast caused me to hope. Uh, in verse 52, I remember thy judgments of old Lord, for they have comforted myself. We need hope. In the year that's in front of us that looks hopeless, as we have a divided country and we hear earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars, what do we need? We need, we need hope. We need encouragement. We need hope. Also counts, uh, counsels and guides the believer. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You say, what does those words mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. I'm going to tell you. The Bible talks about doctrine. Doctrine or teaching tells you what to believe. Reproof tells you what is right. Correction tells you what is wrong, and instruction in righteousness, this is tells, you what, tells you how to do what's right. And all of these are important as we study the Word of God to know the doctrine, to know the reproof, to know the correction, and the instruction in righteousness. That's all a part of studying the Word of God and reading the Word of God. And those things should be happening as you, as you read the Word of God. You should be learning what the Bible says is teaching. It should reprove you. It should correct you, and it should instruct you in righteousness. Number six, the Bible revives a believer. We need to be revived. In Psalm 119, verse 50, this is my comfort and my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. That word quickened means, means to make alive, to make alive, to stir us, to make us alive. And we, we need to be stirred, don't we? We need to be challenged. These people in Israel... In, the, in, in Jerusalem, these people who'd come back, 50,000 of them, who'd been in captivity for 70,000 years, in exile because of disobedience, now back to apathy, now back to just doing ho-hum, the day-to-day -day things, and it's easy in life to get that way. That's why we have a revival in January. That's why we have a missions conference. That's why we bring in special speakers from time to time to stir our hearts that's why we, we listen to the preaching and teaching of the Word of God. Because the Word of God stirs us. 
I need to be stirred and you need to be stirred because the tendency for us is just to, it's just to, well, let's just, you know, go along, get along to go along. Let's just, okay, it's just, okay, I'm, I'm going to work at 9, I'm getting off at 5, I'm eating my dinner, I'm watching a show, I'm going to bed, I'm doing the same thing over. And you look at each other, you look at your wife, and your wife looks at you, and you look at her again, and she looks at you, and you say, is this all there is? Is this it? Is this, is this, is, is this why I went to college? <laughs> is, this, is this all she is? No, dear friend, there's more. Life is just not just these things. We, we have, as the song sings, things that are higher, things that are nobler. These have allured my sight. And you're only stirred by, by the word of God and challenged by the word of God. So that's why we need it. C.S. Lewis wrote, C.S. Lewis wrote, The believer so traffics in holy things that they lose their sense of awe of holy things. We, 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 Get used to, you know, okay, I've come to church, I'm here, and, and then we leave. Okay, I'm Sunday morning, Sunday night, and those are all, we're used to these, we're used to this, that we don't realize how precious it is. We don't realize how wonderful it is. How wonderful it is for us to have a church on 39th Avenue to be open on this Wednesday night with lights on, in clothes, not outdoors in the rain, trying to, trying to get in between the trees and miss the, the raindrops. We, man, we ought, to be, we ought to be grateful and thankful and stir ourselves to, that we have this and God's blessed us and helped us, encouraged us. That's why we have to shake ourselves sometimes and remember what, how God has blessed us and remember what, how God has saved us and how he's changed our lives and, and what he's done in our life. And I hopefully in these last couple of days as we turned up the page to 2024, you have looked back with reflection. And what God has done in your life in 2023. And what he wants to do in your life in 2024. That you made some goals. You challenged yourself. Oh, maybe to, maybe to read the word of God or let the word of God go through you. Or, or, or to maybe to be a better witness. Or maybe to be kinder. Or, 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 or have a better perspective at work. To challenge yourself to be better. Not just to do the same thing over and over again. Oh, we, be, we, ought to, we, ought to, we ought to have a, an awe of God and a, and a thankfulness and a goodness and an appreciative spirit about ourselves. Someone said the Christian community is like a bad photograph, overexposed to the light and underdeveloped. <laughs> so what's the solution? What's the solution? Our solution, again, is to get our eyes on, back on God and see people throughout the scriptures who chose to do what's right. I don't know about you, but I had, I had heroes growing up. I, I loved football. I even wrote a book, a little bit of book, a little booklet about football. I, I, had, a, I, had, I had heroes like Tony Dorsett and, uh, and, uh, Ter and uh, Terry Bradshaw and uh, Danny White and these, uh, these uh, John uh, Stahlbach. I mean, I, I had heroes. I'd watch those guys play, you know. Monday night football came on at 9 o'clock, and it'd be me and my little tray and bull peanuts, and Monday night football. And I'd watch it to about 11 o'clock, and by 11 o'clock, Mom would come in and say, time to go to bed, son. And she'd leave, and I'd turn it off, and then she'd leave, and I'd sneak it on. And then she'd come back, and then I wish I didn't turn it back on. <laughs> but I remember those games. I loved watching that Monday night football. They were my heroes. I looked up to those guys. I saw their, their passion, their desire to win, their hard work. And you know what? Through the scriptures, there's heroes. There's heroes. And one of the heroes of the, of the Bible is this man by the name of Ezra. Look back at chapter 7. Look back at chapter 7. There's some, there's some names in here that you're going you're to recognize. Ezra is actually a descendant of the first priest named Aaron, the brother of Moses. And between Ezra... Uh, and between the men Ezra and Aaron are, are not many people that we recognize, but some of them we, we do. In chapter 1, it says Ezra the son of Sariah. Now, Sariah, Ezra's grandfather, he was a high priest who was martyred by Nebuchadnezzar when Babylon captured and enslaved the Israelite. You look down in verse 1, Ezra's forefather, the Hilkah, was mentioned. 
And 2 Kings 22 discovered as the nation of Israel was being reformed under the godly king of Josiah, it was Hilkah, the high priest, who discovered the forgotten book of the law. And that discovery brought national uh, revival. Look back, look at chapter 2. Further back than Hilkah, you see Zadok. Who was Zadok? Well, Zadok was the loyal high priest who, who chose to follow who refused to, to follow David's son, Adonijah, but remained loyal to old King David, even when it seemed that everybody was following uh, Adonijah instead of David. He risked his life, his risk, he risked his reputation, but he stayed loyal to God. This is the stock from which Ezra came from. He was a, a godly man. He was a godly man like, like Timothy was a godly man. Now, you may have a godly heritage. Some of you have, have family that go back two, three, four, five, six generations. Praise God for that. Like, like Ezra. He had, he had generations of people going back to Aaron. He could say, that's, I was related to Aaron, and that's something to be said. But some of us maybe not, maybe not have any type, of, uh, any type of heritage at all. I like what Abraham Lincoln said. He, Abraham Lincoln uh, said, I don't know who my grandfather was, but I'm more concern, concerned of who my grandson will become. You might be the first one in your family to choose to live for God. You might have pagans in your, back, in your background. I don't know. But we all come from different backgrounds. But interesting what it says about, about this man, Ezra. He says, it talks about him, this, this, this godly man. It says he's a a ready scribe or a quick scribe, literally, uh, someone is literally called a fast copier. Basically, he's someone who knew the Word of God. He was a scholar in the Word of God, in the Torah. The Bible says in verse 10, For Ezra prepared his heart to seek the, Lord, the law of the Lord to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgment. So what do you do? If you, if you, if you, could, if you could focus on three things that Ezra did, He's, the Bible talks about him studying the Word of God, practicing it, and taught it. At the end of your life, if they put an epitaph on your gravestone, if, you, if, you, if they put those three things, he studied the Bible, he practiced it, and he taught it. What better could be said about you? He knew the Bible, he practiced it, and he taught it. <laughs> Friends, there's not much better than that. He said, we should, all of us, every day, should be doing the same thing, shouldn't we? We should be studying the Bible. What does the Bible say? And, and then we should, be, and we should be practicing it in our, in our own life. So if we just hear it, if we just come in here and we hear, hear this message, but it doesn't change us, it doesn't motivate us, it motivate us. If, we don't, if it, doesn't, if it, is, if it is, doesn't cut like that scalpel, if it doesn't help us to see each other like that mirror, if it doesn't, it doesn't motivate us and challenge us, uh, then, then, then what, what good is it? What is it good is it doing? You know, I think for a lot of churches in America, it's just, churches have just become a social club. They've just become a place where people come, they shake hands, and in their heart, they say, queso, rasa, ra, which means whatever will be, will be. And then they walk out, they get in their car and they go about their life as if nothing happened. Dear friend, that's a dangerous place to be. That's a dangerous place to be. That's why every time we come to a Wednesday night or Sunday morning or Sunday school time or Sunday night time, we need to ask the Lord, challenge me, show me, help me to grow. We don't want to be stagnant. We don't want to be apathetic like these, like these Israelites were in between Zerubbabel and, and Esther. They, we don't want to just get on and just do the same things, just go through life eating and drinking. We, just want, we, we don't want to get just mirandering and just living our life, you know, just day after day without any thirst for, for growth and challenge. We, don't, we, we want to live past that. We, 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 want to be, we want to be people of the book. And the only way to stay right with God is to stay in the Word of God. The only way to stay right with God is to stay in the Word of God. Because in the Word of God, you find the will of God. 
Do you want to know the will of God for your life? Oh, I'm not talking about, I'm not even, oh, ultimately, hopefully, all of you know Jesus as your Savior. That's first and foremost. But what is God's will for your life tomorrow? What's God's will for your life the next day? What's, what's God's will for your life every day? Well, I can, I can tell you God's will for your life is to know the Word of God and to have a relationship with Him and to dwell with Him and to be excited about what He's doing in your life. And with that excitement, share, uh, share what God is doing with, in your life and what He's doing in other people's life for, for your good and His glory. Do you know it? Are you studying it? Are you practicing it? And are you teaching it? Those are, those are three goals that each of us have every day of our life. To know it, to practice it, and to teach it. May God help us to do so today. Father, we thank you for tonight. I thank you, Lord, that we have such a wonderful example in Ezra who prepared his heart. Oh, God, help us to prepare our heart to, to know your word, to study your word, to practice it. Not just, hear, just, not just read what it says. Not just hear what it says, but actually practice it. Make it part of our life. And thirdly, to do it, to teach it. Oh, God, help us to teach others. Oh, teach the children, teach the youth, teach older folks, teach anyone who will hear. There's such a, a, a lack of not the knowledge of the word of God in our land. There's, 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 our land is, is, is dry and thirsty for hearing the word of God, and we have it. In so many ways, in the written form and digital, uh, every which, <laughs> every way possible, the Word of God is in the on film and every way. Oh God, I pray you'd help us to to teach it, proclaim it, to live it in front of others today. Maybe this evening you need to make a a, a, a decision in your life. Maybe to to be faithful in reading your Bible. Maybe some other personal decision you need to make. Maybe you say, preacher, I, 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 I study it, I read it, but I sure not practicing it. Or I, I study it, I try to practice it, but I'm not teaching it. Maybe you're like, like the Israelites have gotten in your life and it's just become ho-hum. It's come mundane. And you need to stir yourself and be challenged to be better. You say, preacher, God has challenged me in some areas of my life tonight. I need to change. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that tonight? Anybody at all? I need to be challenged. I need to be stirred. I don't want to be apathetic. I don't want to be cold towards the scriptures. I want to be stirred. Would you pray for me tonight? If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I'd love to talk to you. If you're a man, if you're a woman, my wife would love to talk to you. Let's stand to our feet tonight. If God has spoken in your heart about this area, or maybe some other area that not mentioned tonight, maybe the Holy Spirit spoke to you about some other area, that you've been challenged about an area, maybe a, something you need to do or something you need to stop doing, whatever it is. The, as the invitation hymn is played, would you do business with God tonight? Would you make that decision, that commitment? Whatever it may be. Maybe it's a relationship that needs to be healed. Maybe it's a sin, a, a, a sin pattern that need to, need to stop. Maybe it's a, a, a struggle, internal struggle that's there you need help with oh God is faithful and true he's faithful and true to to Israel faithful and true to Ezra and he's faithful and true to you friend whatever the Holy Spirit speaking to you about tonight oh dear friend listen to him and obey him tonight Father, thank you again for tonight. Thank you for your precious word. 
Thank you for the challenge uh, from the life of Ezra and his godly heritage. But Lord, he had to make a choice. Just like each one of us have to make a choice. Choice. Just because you have a godly heritage doesn't mean we'll be godly. Oh God, there are so many people in the scriptures who had a godly heritage, but they chose to, to go the wicked path of the wicked. I pray, God, every day help us to choose you, to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Forgive us where we fail you, and may 2024 be the best life for us as we choose you every day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.